I'd like to invite all the children who are here in the sanctuary who would like to, to come and join me for a special moment together. And if you're worshiping from home, just move a little closer to your screen, and we're so glad to be with you this morning. Wow, it looks like we got a big group today. Glad y'all are all here to worship together. Good morning, good morning. Oh, look, our confirmands are coming up too. This may be your last children's moment. You're getting too big and too old. (laughs) Oh, thank y'all for coming up. This makes me so happy. (laughs) There's plenty of room. There's plenty of room close to me if anybody wants to sit next to me. Well, I think some of y'all, especially those of you in the confirmation class, might recognize this. So this is what we call a stole, and those of us who are pastors in the congregation wear a stole when we worship. You'll see Pastor Aaron and Pastor Maggie each are wearing one. This one is my favorite one because when I came to West End United Methodist Church five years ago to be one of your pastors, the children of the congregation made this for me. So I'm guessing that some of you have a handprint on here, some of you compromands. So this was five years ago, you were probably like seven years old. But this is a reminder to me of my family and faith, that I have a huge family of people who all love Jesus and all want to follow Jesus, and we're loving each other and supporting each other. Give me just a minute, okay? And we have this big family these confirmands today are coming forward and their family's going to be there with them, but each one of them also has a friend in faith, someone from this church who's not family, but who is family because of church family. And if they go into the youth group, they'll have youth counselors and they'll have all sorts of people to love and support them. And you have that too. You've got Sunday school teachers and friends in the church who want to love you and support you too. So today I just want to give thanks for the family of God and all the different ways we get to be in relationship with God and with each other in the church. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you so much for our church family and all its beautiful diversity, and that we get to be friends with people of all different ages from all different parts of the city and the world, and that somehow through this special group of people, we feel your love, and we get to share your love. So today we thank you for the family of God. We pray especially this morning for our compromands and for this step that they're taking to officially become members of the church. And we look forward to the day when these younger children get to do that too. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. And if you are three, four, or five, you can go to Children's Church with Pastor Brandon. Excuse me, um, why are there handprints on there? Because each of the children got paint and put their handprints on there to decorate the stole for me. It reminds me that they're with me. I remember when you guys were that small. Yet here you are, ready to be confirmed. Many of you know the old spiritual, there is a balm in Gilead. In fact, if you were present in worship in the sanctuary or online last week, you may have sung it during communion. 
I'm not sure if we got to the third verse in communion in both services, but the third verse starts like this. If you can't preach like Peter, if you can't pray like Paul. Those lines came into my mind this week as I read this story from the second chapter of Acts. Because in this chapter we find Peter preaching. His very first sermon, as far as we can tell, he tells this gathered crowd after the the moment of Pentecost all about the love of God that has been made known in Jesus Christ. And he tells them about how Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead. And lo and behold, as he's preaching, there are 3,000 people who are cut to the heart and who want to follow Jesus. One sermon, 3,000 baptisms, now that's some preaching. I can't preach like Peter, but if I listen to the rest of the verse of that song, I can tell the love of Jesus and say he died for all. This is a, a pivotal moment in our life as the church. This moment that Peter stands up among this great diversity of people who are gathered in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost and proclaims the love of God. And all of these people respond and say they too want to follow Jesus. But one of the questions I have as we look at this text is then what happens? Yes, it's wonderful that all of these people come to profess their faith in Jesus Christ and are baptized, but what next? Well, the text tells us what is next. The people gather. They form a community, a body, the body of Christ. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that when all of these new people are baptized, they become part of a church. The text tells us that they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles, to the fellowship and to the prayers. Day by day, they worshiped together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They even shared all of their possessions together. They pooled them together so that no one among them would have any need. And they grew in love and faith and joy together. This is the first time in the New Testament when we come across that Greek word koinonia. You may have heard that word before. And it's more than just fellowship. It's more than just a a gathering of people, a a social gathering. It is a, a deep spiritual relationship of a body of people based on the love and grace of Christ that includes all of these things, prayer and fellowship and breaking bread together and worshiping together and sharing our resources, sharing life together in Christ. This is the birth of the church that we've just heard the retelling of. It reminds us that the church is a unique gift that God has given to us and to the world, a unique sign of who God is and how God is in the world. And it's a reminder that if we're followers of Jesus, we're not meant to do it alone. Yes, there are some personal aspects to our faith. Of course, we we are baptized. And like for you who are being confirmed this morning, you are making a choice yourself to say yes to following Jesus and to becoming a member of the church. 
So there is definitely a, a personal and individual aspect to our faith, but it can never stop there. Faith is less about me and more about us. And this us that the Holy Spirit creates in our midst is a sign to the world of God's grace and God's love. So how we live that out matters. To be a solo Christian is an oxymoron. To try to grow in our faith without walking alongside other believers is really hard, if not impossible. John Wesley understood that. Now you guys learned about John Wesley in confirmation, right? Yes, I'm seeing some heads nodding, that's good. And you all remember about John Wesley, right? Nodding your heads, yes. John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist movement. If, if some of you may not be Methodists who are with us today or don't really remember everything you learned in confirmation. He was an Anglican priest, never meant to start a new denomination. What he and his brother and this small group of, of friends wanted to do was to revitalize the faith of those who claimed Christ, to invite people to make a commitment to prayer and worship and serving the poor and to live out their faith, to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Now he broke some rules of the Anglican church. The authorities didn't like the fact that he willingly went out and preached out in the fields to thousands of people. And just like Peter, there were times when there were thousands of people who would be convicted to the heart, who wanted to follow Jesus or to follow him more deeply and faithfully. And so John Wesley didn't just preach and walk away. He knew that there was the walk to walk. And so he gathered them and organized them into societies, large groups of people, into classes, smaller groups, and bands. These small groups where people could come together every week and talk about how is it with your soul? Where else can you have that conversation but in church, alongside other believers? How is it with your soul? God's hope for the church is that we would be a body of people grounded in the grace and love of Christ. That we would be a place where we can talk about how it is with our souls where we can belong and be loved and nourished, where we can practice love and forgiveness and learn more and more how to do that with each other and out in the world, where we can be a community that is multi-generational and that crosses all kinds of barriers of opinions and political parties and race and class and all of these things that are out there in the world that would seek to divide us but we are united in the love of Christ and we get to come together and experience that unity through the power of the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite verses in this text is the one that says, awe came upon everyone as they witnessed the signs and wonders that were being done among them. God does amazing things when the people of God gather. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten out of bed and thought, oh, okay, I'm going to go to church because it's my job. 
But I'm sure some of you have had that experience and, and you have a choice, you know? You can take that extra cup of coffee and stay in your pajamas or you can get up and go to church if you're able. And how many times have I come to church and been surprised by the blessings that God has for me? I have a conversation that blesses me in a way just as I needed to be blessed. Or I have a chance to meet someone new and, and help them feel welcome in this place. We won't experience that awe and wonder of the gathered body unless we show up, unless we're present. One of the things we've learned through this pandemic is that there are lots of ways to show up. We have people in our congregation who for health reasons can't be present on Sunday morning. We have people gathering with us from other states who feel genuinely connected to those of you sitting here in the sanctuary and have found ways to connect with Bible studies and Sunday school classes and smaller groups, even online where the spirit is present and we can talk about how it is with our souls. But the invitation that I hear in this text this morning is for all of us to be present, to show up as we can, to make ourselves present to the body of Christ as best we can. Because you never know when your presence might be just the thing that someone else needs. And you never know how you will be blessed by the gathering. And we all need companions on the journey. And we are grateful this morning to welcome 12 new companions on the journey. And we're looking forward to being your friends in faith. We need you as much as you need us. We need each other. And as we continue to walk the walk together, to take this journey of faith together every day, practicing love, May awe come upon us all. Amen.